Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Well, welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partner in crime, Bryn Starnes. And I say I'm alongside her. She's actually at home, but she's alongside me here uh, in spirit and also yes, digitally. digitally. <laughs> and we have a very special guest um, today, Anna Birch. Hey. This is fun. Woo-hoo. It's like hanging out with friends. I know. This is great. I know. We've all yeah. been friends for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we won't say how long because that I'm, always makes us feel old. But, um, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Almost, I, think, a, I feel like a decade. Well, I think I met both of you the same summer. Yeah. In 2012, right? Because you both started that summer? Yeah. At camp? Yeah, I you started so, 2012, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so fun. 11 years. That's amazing. <laughs> we said it. We said it. We did. Anyway. And, um, and I lived across the street from each other for a while. Yes. Good yes. times. Pre-married <laughs> life. Yeah. Well, and actually, Bryn, we lived across the street from each other for a while right after oh. we were both married. Isn't oh, that funny? Right. <laughs> oh, I thought about that. It's like, I was like, I feel like we would like go on walks at random times and like y'all would be on the tandem bike. Oh my God. It's just so funny to think back to that. Don't anyway. tell everything you know, Colson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say tandem bike. I don't remember that story. That sounds fun. It's cool. Very cool. Um, anyway, Anna is has been our friend for a long time um, and has worked in full-time ministry, been a, a believer for a while, um, but then is also, so she worked in full-time ministry as a job for a while and now is in full-time ministry as a mother of three <laughs> children. Um, and she's also a huge part of our church. And I, and Brynn and I were talking, we really wanted to get Anna's story because she is passionate about what she believes and passionate about, uh, sharing her faith and evangelizing with others, um, in a really relational way, but then also just has a unique um, story as far as upbringing and family. And so I'm, I'm excited to get into that. But Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm excited to hang out with y'all and talk to you. Wonderful. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and jump in. Anna, can you just tell us a little bit? Um, we, we've been doing some of these kind of, we, we've been calling them deconstructed or reconstructed faith stories. And basically it's like a, a, a deep dive into people's stories not necessarily people who have walked away from the faith completely, mm-hmm. but more like, okay, I've kind of deconstructed things that I have believed. Um, maybe that's because of the way I was raised or just false beliefs that me being a, you know, a sinful human, I believed incorrectly. And then not that I've arrived now, but like, Hey, I'm still, I'm still following the Lord after this. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit of, kind of about your upbringing and about what brought you to this spot in your life? Yeah. That's good. Uh, I like the way you asked that too. Um, so as far as my like faith journey goes, I don't remember a time that I didn't, I don't know a time before knowing about Christ. I mean, thankfully my parents, um, both are believers and both, um, told me about Christ, about the gospel from my baby. You know, I I really don't remember a time, but there are specific kind of landmarks in Mm -hmm. my faith journey. Um, I was even thinking about this, that even when I was three or four, I remember knowing that my parents would love for me to accept Christ my savior someday. 
And I knew they would be so excited that they, they would probably cry. Mm-hmm. And for me as a little kid, I was like, I don't want them to cry. So I, I climbed under my, my sister's crib and just talked to God and prayed and asked him to be my savior. And I, I remember thinking, well, well, I guess I did it. I don't know, you know, yeah. um, and <laughs> not, sure, not sure if there was much, you know, fruit. I don't know. Um, but that was, you know, I think true faith even at that point. And then when I was eight and a half, um, came to my mom, I was really anxious as a kid. And mm. that's part of my story as well. And um, was really overwhelmed and, uh, you know, went and prayed with my mom to accept Christ. And so there's mm. that marker of when, you know, I specifically, I guess, pr- prayed that sinner's prayer, if you will. Mm-hmm. But even later on in college, uh, there was a couple of huge moments for me in my faith of recognizing like, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's the only way. And um, to be honest, part of even my struggles with doubt and questioning at mm. times has been even, I don't have like a specific date necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I celebrate a specific date of like, oh, thank you, Lord. This is the time when I prayed and I know you saved me. But having to wrestle through like, I don't have this specific you know, date because I, I can't mm-hmm. remember not believing Um, Mm -hmm. but in college, it was neat to see the Lord, even in the midst of my just hard, you know, hard decisions I was making in college, um, be so gracious to me. And that's when I started working at camp at Pine Cove, which I'm like, that is such a grace that God (laughs) allowed Mm -hmm. me to be hired in where I was. But that was the first time at camp where I saw and understood that God's love for me was unconditional Mm. before I'd had this view of this, almost like a grumpy father looking over my (laughs) shoulder, you know, just waiting for me to mess up. And it was for the first time that I saw like, no, he has open arms for me. He Mm. pursued me and and drew me in and and loves me. And different markers in that point too, of um, times that, you know, at passion conference and things like that, where I was, I just was overwhelmed by the, by understanding the gospel. And Mm. that's when I became passionate about, um, sharing my faith too. Um, and then I, probably the last two things I'll say is, um, when I moved here right out of college to work full-time in camp ministry, I realized that, okay, I was, I was starting in ministry and had never really read the Bible for myself, mm. not all the way through. I'd read it for, you know, Christian college classes and things like that, mm-hmm. but had never sat down and read the whole Bible. And so I just started reading in Genesis and, was asking all these questions and digging and deep. And I really fell in love with God's word mm-hmm. at that point. And it was just, it was so sweet. And I really, it hasn't stopped since then. Um, but then uh, in 2021, um, so just two years ago, was really a, a really hard spot for me in my faith of make, having a lot of questions and doubts and wrestling. And really it, the other side of it, I've come deeper and, and more, um, I think more passionate about my faith and more solidified in my faith. Mm-hmm. But those are some huge markers in my life and kind of my the overarching story, the the yeah. Cliff Notes version of my my story. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's so cool to hear. Uh, like, so were your were your parents were your parents strong believers? Yes, my parents were strong believers. They both came from very broken homes. Mm -hmm. And so their faith um, really transformed the way they parent and the way that they Mm -hmm. just do life. Um, I mean, just truly a like 180 from what they grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, they will often even say like, they were just like broken people trying to like, you Mm -hmm. know, become one together and try to raise a healthy family. Mm. Um, Mm. and there was a season when my dad was not close to the, what he was at least not, um, outwardly showing signs of being close to the Lord. And so that season in my life, when I was 
probably like seven to like 17. Mm -hmm. That was actually a hard season for me because Mm. I didn't have like a, a spiritual leader in our home necessarily other than my mom. Um, Mm. so yes, they have been close to the Lord and are passionate with the Lord, but there've been seasons of like, yeah, where they were, Mm -hmm. they self-admittedly would be kind of far from him. Yeah. Yeah. That that's really good. The other thing is, and I'm, I'm curious just with, um, how you were brought up specifically about like, did you have a lot of questions when you were little for it? For me, I feel like I didn't have Mm. a lot of questions uh, specifically about the legitimacy of my faith. Um, when I was, when I was younger, um, and Brent, I don't know what your experience was. It sounds like though there, you know, off, there are some people though, and I don't know if just because Chris is super intelligent or the way that he's <laughs> wired, but it seems like from an early age, he had a lot uh-huh. of questions. Yeah. Um, and, and he, he has talked about, and other people have talked about when, when they were met at home with kind of an openness of like, Hey, whether it's let's, let's tackle these questions together or like, Hey, this is not wrong for you to ask questions. Um, that has been, uh, of great benefit, uh, for, for their faith. And then kind of the contrary has been true as well. Um, of how people who have had questions grown up in like in homes or in churches where they were not encouraged to ask questions or like incredibly discouraged and Mm -hmm. almost shamed for asking questions. Um, that has really been, um, a huge stumbling block for people. Yeah. Do you feel like, how do you feel like that is, that happened kind of in your upbringing? Did you have a lot of questions growing up? And, and if, if you did have questions, do you, do you remember how that was, Yeah. how that played out? I didn't have a lot of questions. I think the main thing, I think I had questions later on as an adult when I started. And, um, and that might just be because I didn't have a lot of, I feel like I I didn't have a lot of friends asking questions or things like that. I didn't have, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I was surrounded by that. But I think my main question was, am I saved? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was so afraid because my desire was to follow Jesus and to know him and be saved. You know, but I think because I had kind of a small view of God in that in the equation of, you know, the Mm -hmm. gospel um, and trying to I think I thought too like how much I how much I played into it, you know, like. Oh, did I say the right things? And yeah. when I'm like, that has nothing to do, mm-hmm. you know, with faith. But I didn't understand that at that point. And so I remember just as an anxious child and something like someone who's more of a black and white thinker mm-hmm. um, coming to my mom often and being like, mom, how do I like know? Like there's still, I, I remember Chris has said this a few mm-hmm. times, but how like for him to know that, you know, something he's only at like 80% or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where some people are like, I can be a hundred percent sure of something. Yes, yes, yes. I'm kind of like that. I'm like, I could be like 80%. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because I'm like, there's so, you know, but I mean, the things that I know that I know that I know, mm. that's my hundred percent, I guess is 80%. Yeah. Mm. But I, I remember thinking that of like, yeah, did I say the right things or, you know, just making it more mm-hmm. about me than, so yeah, my mom was really good about taking those questions and reassuring me with scripture and, cool. and her, you know, what she saw in me and everything. Mm-hmm. We, I think my parents have grown a lot over the years in, I think at first a while their answers were like just quick answers to our mm-hmm. questions rather than, Hey, let me think about that. Let's dig into scripture together. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents have actually said like, I wish we would have done that more. I'm like, yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been, that's a great thing for me now as a parent. To yes. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just to give these pat answers, but to go, let's dig into scripture together. So I, th- I think they did a great job with that. And I didn't have a lot of those questions, mm-hmm. but um, the ones I did have, they were, you know, helpful. 
Yeah, that's really cool. The other thing that you touched on actually reminded me of a conversation I had with my dad and my sister last week. And it was, uh, and it, it was kind of this idea of wrestling with doubt. And we've talked a lot about doubt on this podcast. Um, and I feel like typically the, the direction that we take with doubt is, um, is doubting the legitimacy of what, uh, what Christianity is, doubting the legitimacy of the Bible um, and the whole belief system. Um, and I, and talking to my sister specifically, it sounded, it, it was like, oh, so growing up in a Christian household, um, in a ministry household, a lot of it, a lot of her doubt did not stem from the questioning the legitimacy of her faith. It was questioning the experience of like, yes. well, am mm. I, am I saved? Did mm. I, and whether that's, did I do the right thing? Was my heart really in the right place? Did yes. I really believe? Um, and she didn't say those specific things, but I think sometimes it's like, you know, if you're coming off of, uh, you know, and I, I think a lot of, and I don't know what, if all of our listeners have, have this experience, but I think if you grow up kind of in the Bible belt and you go to church a lot of times you have, you can have uh, these mountaintop spiritual experiences mm-hmm. or camp highs as we like to call them, but it's like, you can, you can go to student camp or you right. can go to a church camp or a, a disciple now, you know, weekend, um, or something like that to where it's like, you're really engrossed in this kind of spiritual bubble where you're hearing about it and, mm-hmm. you know, singing worship songs. And there's always some sort of, um, uh, invitation at some point in that weekend or week. That's like, Hey, if you don't know Christ, here's an, an opportunity for you to yeah. respond to, you know, what the spirit in you is is doing. I think for me, there was a lot of doubt of like, because it's the, the emotional part of that. I think a lot yeah. of times I was like, okay, wait, should I, should yeah. I do something now? Um, and Bryn, I don't know what yeah. your thoughts are on that, having the way that you've grown up, but yeah, can you, can you speak yeah, a little bit well, to I that? Think, yeah, I think my question was, um, cause I know, Anna, you mentioned anxiety a lot. Do you feel like it's related to like anxiety and fear? Because I do think I, I often wonder if the parts of our faith or our, you know, um, conversion story if like the parts of it are related to kind of our like uh, weaknesses as a mm. person or thin bent, because I feel like for me, I'm like, I don't necessarily, I haven't struggled with anxiety as much, but I definitely struggle with being like an overachiever mm-hmm. and a like independent, like I'm going to do it myself type of person. And so that translates into my faith yeah. often. And I think that's like, um, that's often the parts that I wrestle with of like, am I doing enough? But I'm just curious, like, do you feel like, um, do you feel like anxiety or fear is part of what caused you to struggle with that? Or yeah, that's just a thought I had. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. Because yeah, just the, the fear of, you know, what if I'm wrong or yeah, all Mm -hmm. those fears, I'm just a naturally fearful person. And the Lord has really worked a lot in my heart to relieve a lot of those fears, but yeah, that's just my natural bend. And so, and I would say also prideful and legalistic. (laughs) Yay. You know, lots of fun things. Yeah. We both talked about those. (laughs) Um, So I mean, yes, I think those all, I mean, even just the, the pride piece of, well, that I'm 
you know, elevating myself above the station I'm at and saying like that I can do something to change, you know, my faith that is a gift from God, you know, that's, yeah. that's pride, but it's a wrong yeah. view of myself. And yeah, I, I think hundred percent that anxiety plays into that. Yeah. That's, that was my only thought of like, I, I feel like it's different for every person, but whatever we struggle with sin wise, I think it does impact how we view our relationship mm. with God. Um, yeah just curious about that but yeah definitely I mean pride definitely on my it's like god look at all the stuff I can do uh-huh. for you wait mm-hmm. wait wait, wait. <laughs> yes yeah. exactly yeah the so the the other thing I wanted to talk to Anna about was something that we um we have kind of touched on in other conversations and that has been a difficulty for some people it is when a loved one and that, that could be an authority figure or that can be somebody who has discipled you um, or something like that or somebody just close to you. Mm. Uh, what, what we were, I think what initially sparked the conversation that led to the podcast was um, people who had really close friends who were deconstructing mm-hmm. their faith and kind of walking away from the faith that they had once um, held and then just kind of dealing with that internally of like, okay, how do I now process this and walk forward saying that this is what I believe still in light of, um, you know, this person who I love claiming that, you know, I don't believe this anymore. And that being kind of a foundational thing. Um, and I know that, that your, your brother has gone through a lot and I don't even know the, the extent of that, but I am curious, um, maybe can you give us a cliff notes of, of what that has looked like having a family member who grew up in the same household as you, um, but just having some, some struggles and then making life decisions to where it's like now, you know, and I don't know, you know, you can kind of speak to where at least what you have seen the fruit in his life. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if he is close to the Lord or not, we don't know, but all of that to say is like, I'm, I'm curious, can you unpack that a little bit and then how that has affected your uh, your faith journey. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, my brother is two and a half years younger than me. So we're pretty close in age. Um, and he claimed to be a believer at a young age. Um, now would say that he didn't actually believe that he just kind of went through the motions, Mm. but was even a leader in our church when he was in high school. And, um, yeah, pretty, it seemed pretty passionate about the faith and everything. And then when he was in high school, he had a, um, pretty heartbreaking relationship fracture that, um, was, it was close to the church, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say. So it kind of was when he started questioning a lot of things, um, asking a lot of hard questions, even in like Bible studies and things. Um, and sadly, a lot of the leaders at that point were not equipped to handle that. Mm -hmm. Some were, and some were kind of seeking him out, but he also wasn't seeking them out. So he Mm -hmm. wasn't, he was asking those hard questions and pushing away, um, and dealing with hurt, um, but not getting a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess, helpful answers and mm. community in that way. Um, and that kind of began his um, leaving of the church. And then later on, there was another, I think it was probably about 10 or 12 years ago, there was another pretty heartbreaking breakup type of thing um, that happened in his life. And that caused a downward spiral, even into addiction and things like that. Um, and completely, I mean, I don't, I think even before that was claiming to not be a believer, was claiming to be either agnostic or an atheist. And then 
Um, now I don't know exactly where he's at as far as what he would say he is, mm-hmm. but has come a lot of, I mean, his like sobriety has been this, you know, really cool thing to see um, a lot of health outwardly in his life, but spiritually I, I think is, um, yeah, it's still not really a healthy spot um, in his life. So now for 10 years, we really were not close. Um, and kind of how my relationship with him transpired when he was going through his doubts and questionings, I was kind of just mad at first, mm-hmm. um, was just like, you know, just, just go to church and do the right thing. You know, I mean, just my legalistic mindset, you know, <laughs> like older sister, like stop, you know, uh, such an older sister. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so much grace there. Right. Um, just, you know, do the right thing and, you know, shape up. And, um, I remember a moment it was, this was after, this was probably five years later when I had, um, really, you know, fallen in love with God's word and been kind of humbled by myself. I remember a moment, um, spending time with him when my heart broke for him. And I realized like one, I, f- I had forgiven him for the things that I, I felt that he had wronged me in or whatever, but I mm. saw that his life was hard and mm. I finally had compassion, um, for him. And that's kind of when I began to pray for him every day. I had a, a prayer alarm on my phone every day for him. I would, you know, try to reach out when I could, when I remembered or when I had time and he often would not reach back out. Um, mm. and, but I, I, you know, I was like, I, I need to be faithful in this of praying for him and trying to reach out to him. And then uh, several years ago, he, um, was kind of reached back out to me, which was a really cool thing to see. And now we're just kind of learning to be friends as adults, siblings, which mm-hmm. is interesting. We've never really been that. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm learning now to be his friend and to show unconditional love no matter what he believes, mm-hmm. um, which is hard. It's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the cliff notes version of his story and my relationship with him. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot, a lot in there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good. I, I think my initial thought is like that, you know, there's, there's so much hurt and difficulty in a situation like that. Um, how, how does that affected maybe, maybe how you view how you parent your kids, mm. because it's like your, your parents, you know, had to parent all of, all of you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's, there's proverbs that talk about, mm-hmm. you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when mm-hmm. he is old, he will not, uh, and, uh, mm. he will not depart from it or whatever. But that again is not a promise. No, it's and a proverb. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, these, this yeah. is a good practice. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure there's difficulty from your parents' side of things, like seeing yeah. the different outcomes, how, how has that played into your faith mm. and how you engage with your own kids? Yeah, I, I think it has also bearing in mind that your kids are, you know, <laughs> four years old and younger, five yeah, years old and younger, four, <laughs> four, two and a half and nine months. So yeah. a little bitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think Jared and I, you know, my husband and I, we view, our kids as our mission field right now, our main mission field, because they are not believers. And um, so that means, you know, praying for them every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what my brother, there's a couple of things that my, bro- my I've learned from this experience with my brother. One would be just how important long-term prayer is and how hard long-term prayer is. Mm. It is a marathon. Um, and it is, I, I just feel like you're constantly asking like, Lord, do you hear? <laughs> or 
30C, um, is this, is this worth it? You know, all Mm -hmm. these questions and recognizing, yes, I mean, even Jesus, I just love the picture that Jesus gives of the, the woman who nags the King for justice, you know, and how we're supposed to pray like that, um, and bother God with it because it's not a burden to him. Um, but to, yeah, to, to daily pray for my kids salvation, but also to come to a point where in my own faith, I can say, Lord, even if you don't answer this with the, with the answer I want, love, I still, I'm going to follow you. And that's mm-hmm. like a, that's a really hard point to get to, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially when it's somebody you desperately want to know and um, that they know Jesus. Um, but I, I, yeah, to get to the point where I say you are, you are worth following no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just to pursue them in love, whether it would be my kids or my brother or whoever, pursue them in love and, and to help them to know that your love is not conditioned conditional, you know, upon, you know, their, their actions or mm-hmm. even their faith, um, that we love them no matter what, cause we're showing Christ's love in that way. Mm-hmm. So those are some things, yeah, that I think, but I, I, I think there's still also some fear there, mm-hmm. um, with thinking through like, yeah, I mean, I'm not guaranteed to have kids who love Jesus just because I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to keep open-handed my parenting mm-hmm. and my kids and they're not mine. <laughs> there is so. Yeah, that's such a good like prayer being a marathon is like such a good visual because I feel like we get so um, like our instant gratification, just how we're kind of trained to be that way through culture, I feel like carries over into even our prayer life and Mm -hmm. even our fan and like, um, you know, even our like timing versus God's timing, like all of that together. But we, and just our laziness sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. Um, but I think that's such a good picture because I think often we are called to faithfully, faithfully pray for people. And I, I can't say that I have done that for many people in my mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. like I will faithfully pray for them for a few days. Yeah. And we say all the time, it's like our Christianese of like, I'm praying for you, but like, <laughs> You know, just the fact that you set an alarm in your phone to like faithfully pray for him. Um, and like you're saying, to believe that God is still acting, even when it's, you know, maybe um, that you've been asking for something that he hasn't answered in the way that you wanted yet. Like that's really um, convicting and hard. Like you're saying, I think just trusting God in the midst of that, you yeah. know, is is hard. And I think that's insightful that you pointed that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree The so I'm, I'm kind of switching gears here, but going back to something that you had said, um, talking about kind of these different milestones, you know, we, you, we kind of touched mm-hmm. on anxiety being a common thread. And then you talking about like kind of some post-college stuff and even in 2021 yeah. feeling like, um, you know, there, there are more questions or mm-hmm. whatever, can you speak to, you know, we've, we've talked about anchors yeah. of our faith with different things. Can you speak to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of people who might be having, and I, and we don't have to jump into the specifics of what 2021 looked like yeah. and the reason, you know, the reasons behind it, but I'm sure that there are people right now, probably in a similar spot to yeah. where you were of like, Hey, for whatever reason, this season of life right now, I just have a lot of doubts and whether mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a bunch of anxiety or exhaustion, um, or just weariness. 
what would be some of those encouraging anchors of like, this is, this mm. really just encouraged me in my faith and yeah. in my walk through, during that time. Yeah. I, well, for a while I had all these questions and I, I was not, I was always, I was really afraid of even admitting them, even to my husband, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because I think my fear was that, well, I've been in ministry for a long time. I've been a believer for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm in my thirties. I'm a mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's in ministry full time. Like I didn't, I just was I, embarrassed almost mm-hmm. like, well, you should know better. I'm like, what a lie, you know? Um, right. but and also kind of didn't want to be lumped in with other people deconstructing their faith. I didn't want people to be concerned about me. Like, oh, well, Anna's, you know, struggling. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, it's just like, silly. Put a deconstruction label on yeah, you. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. well, and you know, who cares? But I was, you know, just afraid of that. So when I finally mm-hmm. started to be honest about my questions, thoughts, whatever, doubts, um, that for, that was even just helpful. Just to mm-hmm. being honest, just speak them out loud to to Jared, to mentors, but one of my big anchor was, yeah, it was mentors that, um, that had been, that are older than me, have been through a lot more than I have. And then when I admitted those things to them, they were like, oh yeah, I've, I've had those same questions and thoughts and doubts. And I was like, mm. even that is just such a relief. Like I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders that I wasn't the only one thinking mm-hmm. and feeling those things. Cause it mm-hmm. felt very lonely and, um, and to get to see their faith still be there and intact despite yeah. their mm-hmm. own questions. Not that I put, put my faith in them, but it was just such a helpful thing for me to have an example, mm-hmm. um, a human example that, that was imperfect, but um, you know, that I could see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even mm-hmm. I, I, just to put a plug in, I, this podcast has been super helpful for me um, because that was about the same time um, that I started listening and um, y'all came out this and just being able to, recognize that asking those hard questions is actually good and helpful mm-hmm. and not scary um, again, <laughs> with fear. Um, mm-hmm. And then even just, yeah, um, books and podcasts and, and just, you know, sitting down and wrestling through scripture and not mm-hmm. being afraid to um, those were huge for me. But I think the number one would be, would be um, mentors that um, just gave me a good example to follow. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's a, that's always a really great, a really great place to start when you're dealing with, uh, with doubt is, is the honesty piece. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, whether you're asking those questions or searching, because I feel like we've talked about this a lot, Bryn and and Chris says this a lot too, is like these, a lot of these questions is the first time that you have asked them. Mm -hmm but not the first time they have been asked. And a lot of times there has been considerable study and books and articles um, and just a lot of really intentional and, uh, and biblical thought given to these hard questions. So I think that's, that's awesome. For some reason though, it can be hard to get past the, the, the lie of like, Oh my goodness, I shouldn't be feeling this. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. or I shouldn't, I shouldn't be experiencing this, uh, this question or this questioning or this doubting or what, I don't know what you would say to that, Bren. Yeah. Or like I've arrived at a certain level where Mm -hmm. I shouldn't. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which is just a lie. Um, you know, it's like, a have leveled up as a Christian. So therefore, right. You know, I'm above this now, which is just another, um, deception, I think, Mm -hmm. but, but I also think it just shows your humility to, 
seek out mentors because I think that that in of itself is a hard thing to do often. Like, mm. especially if we've been yeah. in the faith for a while, we, and if we're in Christian circles, we feel like we're the ones that should be pouring out and yeah. we should be mentoring, which yes, is true. Yeah. And, and, um, is a very great thing, but it's like, we also need to be having mentors who've mm-hmm. gone before us in life and, um, who ask us hard questions yeah. and who, you know, can not be shocked by our hard questions. And, um, yeah. And I, I think that's such a valuable thing, but often I think our pride keeps us mm. from doing that, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. or busyness or, or whatever excuse we have of like, well, I'm fine. Like what mm-hmm. I'm wrestling with is, isn't that bad. You know, it's almost like admitting we need to go to counseling or something. <laughs> it's like, mm. well, Exactly. You know, I don't need a mentor. Mm, <laughs> but, right. Yeah. But it's like, no, we all, that's like literally the Christian life and yeah. community of mm-hmm. learning that they have gone before. It's like a real life hall of faith that mm-hmm. God has provided for us. We just have to be humble and, and, um, you know, reach out. But, well, um, I th- yeah, I think that's actually yeah. a really good point to what you were saying earlier of like our struggles kind of playing into our, um, our faith journey. I think the people pleasing side for me is like, mm. I don't, I don't want to admit yep. X or Y, you know, of like, well, if I admit this, what are people going to think? Or if I'm, yeah. you know, yep. those, those types of things that is, that yeah. is real. Um, and then, or I'll, even like, I don't want to bother people with my problems. Exactly. Like I've right. definitely thought yeah. before of like, well, I don't want to mentor cause I don't want to burden someone yeah. with mentoring. <laughs> and someone finally asked me like, what does that say about your view of the people that you're mentoring? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, Mm. No, I would never. Put, I know. <laughs> I would never I think of them as a burden, mm-hmm. but somehow I've projected that on mm-hmm. you know. Well, and even when I was wrestling through these things, the people that I was mentoring, like being afraid, you know, I don't want to mm. lead them astray. Mm-hmm. But then seeing mm-hmm. how my mentors were honest about their struggles mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. in appropriate ways, you know, of right. not just like, well, here's everything, you know, but to appropriately share what you're struggling with, to ask for prayer, things like that, mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, well, I guess I should do that with people I'm mentoring and discipling, you know, yes, mm-hmm. like that's a, the humility and their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's only going to help them more. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. feels kind of icky, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm leading you, but I don't know what I'm doing either, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. but that's the truth is we don't really, we, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we're just trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. But I think it, it helps, um, tear down this like pretense that we've talked about in the church and in Christian community of like, we've all got it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more of us that are honor or on what honest and vulnerable, uh, I was going to say honorable, I was trying to combine the two <laughs> honest and vulnerable, um, it spreads because like you're saying, the more people that you're around that are being open, the more you have freedom to do that. But the more of us that feel like we have to pretend that we all have it together or have arrived in some way, which is like kind of blasphemous now. Mm. (laughs) That that like promotes more of that culture. Um, And, and I feel like whichever it is, is contagious in the groups that we run in. Um, Mm -hmm. That's good. That is really good. The The other thing that I was just trying to think of, of like, if someone's listening and they've heard a lot of what we're saying, but they don't, they don't believe mm-hmm. um, in Jesus, or they're really like, is this something that I want to believe? I think it's also encouraging to see like, you know, we, we've talked about it um, in the, you know, we've talked about the problem of evil and talking about mm-hmm. the problem of suffering or, or something like that of, um, 
of at least, you know, this, the belief and, you know, the reasonable belief in scripture and in Jesus, it doesn't negate the fact that there is evil and there is pain Mm -hmm. in the world, but there, there is hope in that for, Mm -hmm. for purpose in it, uh, for sanctification and a Mm -hmm. big Christian word, you know, Mm -hmm. but for, Mm -hmm. for something, uh, for, for hope. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think, what's really cool about your story, Anna, is I'm sure it's really relatable with people, whether they do believe in Jesus or not, is like they know someone or they love someone um, who has dealt with or is dealing with um, addiction, mm-hmm. dealing dealing yeah. just with some poor decisions um, that not, don't only affect them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of personally just a, a loved one that, that we have in our family who has made decisions that seemed right to them, yeah. but has really had just strong ripple effects that have gone on for years. Yeah. Um, and whether you believe in Jesus or not, I'm sure you have, you have experienced that of broken relationship of, um, of hurting for someone who is going through a lot of difficulty. And so I think the my encouragement for people is kind of how, how you've gone through this is like, look, there, there is a place to go for hope. Mm. Um, there is a place that you can uh, see um, light in this, uh, and it's not—it's tr- not just kind of glazing over everything and being like, yeah. you know, what? it's all good, right. everything's going to be fine. Right. Um, but but there is a place to where it's not just like, man, it—I'm sure things can feel pretty dark mm. and uh, despair can set in really set in really quickly if there's nowhere to look for some light. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement would be to keep looking. If you're listening to this podcast and you really are struggling, keep looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brenda, Mm -hmm. did you have an an additional thought to that? No, I just like, before we uh, close, I just thought, I know we've kind of touched on it, but I was wondering if Anna would just kind of speak to like those two people, wherever, you know, um, wherever they are, like one being, if you're, if you're struggling right now, what would you want someone to hear? Mm. And if you have someone that you love dearly, that's struggling, what would you want them to hear? Just since you've like been in both of those spots, you know, kind of like a summary of like, this is what I would want you to know. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So many things, I guess. But, um, I think, (laughs) (laughs) uh, for those who are, you know, doubting or questioning whatever, um, that, there, there is a safe place for you to ask those questions and to find, to seek out that safe place. Someone who, who does, you know, that they know, they know Jesus um, and can be a trustworthy place for that. I think that would be, you know, such, and, and to continue to dig into scripture because we know that God's word is powerful and um, that's, what's going to transform our hearts and our minds. And so um, to not give that up because I think that's sometimes the first thing that goes um, is, well, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm in God, you know, I don't feel anything when I'm in God's word or I just, it's just a burden. I have all these questions. Cause I think that's where I felt for a while. Like, Oh, I love God's word. But like whenever I get in scripture, mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed almost like so many questions and doubts and frustrations, but to keep digging into scripture, asking the Lord, please reveal yourself and to wait, like to be patient because it's not just as we talked about with prayer, like it's not an overnight thing sometimes. Like it's, it's sometimes months or years, even in my experience of yeah, like it was like a year and a half at least, which is not even that long, but it felt mm-hmm. like an eternity. Um, to be patient in that way of like waiting on the Lord um, to 
to speak or waiting on the Lord to show you, you know, give Mm -hmm. you answers. And then for those who have someone who, you know, is a loved one who's walked away or is um, questioning a lot or whatever. um, I mean, yeah, pray. (laughs) I mean, for sure, be prayerful, intercede for them and even intercede like, Lord, do whatever it takes. Because I think that's a prayer that I've had to say often is like, I don't just, I obviously pray for my brother's safety, but more than that, I pray for his soul. So I I need to pray sometimes, Lord, do whatever it takes to get his attention and to, to call him to yourself, you know, Which is um, scary. it's so scary. And, yeah. and I'm sure he wouldn't want it to know yeah. that I'm praying that, but I, I care more about his soul than I care about his happiness and his safety and his health. Mm-hmm. Um, but also then to pursue them in friendship and pursue them in, with unconditional love, because um, I know you guys have talked about this sometimes too, but like keeping the light on, you know, for them to, you know, cr- keeping that relationship open so that if there is a time when they have big questions and, you know, they come, they want to talk to somebody about faith that you're, you're there, you have already a relationship with them. Um, and then, yeah, I would say just, yeah, continuing, like I said it before, but making sure that in your own faith that you come to a place of like, Lord, I still trust you and I still follow you no matter what, but, um, maybe even seeking out others who have, um, similar stories. Cause I think it, it also does feel kind of lonely, I know for my parents, it's felt pretty lonely for a long time and now have community where they understand that um, of other parents who mm-hmm. had kids walk away. Um, but yeah, it's, there's so many things I could say, I guess mm-hmm. there's a lot, but you know, just to, yeah, to not give up and to try that. And like you said, Colson, like that there's still hope and there's still light, even if this doesn't turn out the way that I would love it to turn mm-hmm. out um, because God is still so good. Um, mm. that he is, he is worth it. Cause that was kind of the question for me when I was wrestling through my own doubts. It's like, is this even worth it? Like, you know, why mm. am I not seeing all this, you know, fruit and all these things, but to recognize like, yes, I, even if I don't feel <laughs> this way, you know, that's all feelings, but I, there is truth that is more true than my, you know, present or whatever, my, my feelings. And it is more hopeful and more worth it than anything else I can even imagine. Um, so laying that at his feet and trusting that, which is easier said than done, obviously. Mm. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's really good. Wonderful. Man, even like the, your point of like, if God does it, like getting to a place, I feel like this causes a lot of wrestling in me, like mm. often, of like, even if God yeah. doesn't answer this, you know, do I still believe that he's good and wise and gracious? Um, I had a mentor that actually said that to me a couple months ago. She mm-hmm. said, I've in all my life, I found that in all things, God is gracious. Wow. And my first response was like, what? <laughs> right. It's like, okay, intellectually, yeah, I know that. But just to be able to say that so confidently was such mm-hmm. a, even a conviction and caused me to pause and be like, wow, could I say that? Wow. Like, could I had a place in my faith, but just like you're saying, even, um, having that trust in the Lord before he answers. So I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about like, okay, yeah, Mm. all the things that he's done, very important. Um, praising God for what he's doing in the moment, very important, but like in the waiting, having faith in him, like that is so insightful and so tough, like of, am I at a place you know, or what do I need to do to get to a place mm. in my faith? I trust him in the waiting, especially when it's someone that 
um, it's either my own dark season or it's someone that I dearly love. Like, yeah. man, that's tough. Yeah. Especially someone who struggles with anxiety of the like, what ifs, you know, mm. that's like a really hard thing for me. I have to constantly be thinking through, okay, well, if this bad thing did happen that I can mm. so easily imagine because I'm touched my just bend, do I still, does he still good? Does he still love me? Is he still in control? Would I still, you know, love him? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's, there's so many things I could say about that. Like mm-hmm. my own kids, safety and health, you know, all these things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, to, it's a, it's really hard to come to that point. And I don't think that I'm like, I, I don't know with every area in life I can say that right now. You know, I think it's every, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, baby steps. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's, that's really good. I think I'm experiencing that. Uh, now that I'm a new parent, I'm like understanding that in a new way. Yeah. Like, oh, do I actually trust the Lord, you know, or do I just feel like I had life kind of, mm. you know, mm-hmm. which is like such a facade, but like, do I feel like, but I, just but I mean, but it can be a legitimate going. feeling, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like things, things can feel in control. And sometimes it's, it's in those moments where we are, we are, the facade falls down. Like you're saying, it's like, Oh shoot, I'm not in control of this, you know, for one reason or another. And, and it's interesting. I can, I can like look back to those things and how quickly I think it just speaks to our flesh and our weakness of our minds of like how quickly I can bounce back to thinking, okay, well, once everything feels kind of comfortable, I got everything. I got everything. I got it all under control again. And so yeah. I think that's part of the journey aspect. You know, you're, t- yeah. you're talking about, you know, it's like, I, there are, there are aspects to this where I'm like, I feel like really strong. Mm. And there are other aspects where I'm like, I just feel super weak. Yeah. And mm. I'm thankful that the, that the Lord that we know from the Bible mm. knows our weaknesses, um, knows those areas and loves us still and is mm-hmm. uh, shepherding us through mm-hmm. those things. He knows we are dust, right? Yeah. yeah like that's <laughs> yeah. like, yep, that's what I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Anna, for your vulnerability and your willingness to share your story. Absolutely. I Thanks really for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up. Trust God. Search for answers. <laughs>